Welcome back to Toy Olympics. Uh, this is definitely the first time we've recorded something today, and not that I had an interruption that made us redo this episode, but I am joined uh, once again uh, by Wojciech Narokowski. Welcome back. Hello, everybody. And uh, let's uh, take another crack at this to break the fourth wall out. It was uh, rudely interrupted by some people earlier, so we have to redo this uh, this episode, but that's uh, no bother. We'll just uh, get right on into it. So, uh, Wojciech, I believe you have some news uh, in biathlon for us. Yes, I think the whole episode will be connected to the B letter as we have the Winter World Championships in Biathlon, Bandy and Bobsleigh to sum up tonight. So <laughs> we'll start with the biathlon that concluded uh, today and it concluded with the big uh, results of uh, Norway with uh, Marta Osbureiseland taking seven medals out of seven starts, all possible starts. So she came uh, into the history. Uh, with with that also taking the final the gold medal in the mustard women, while uh, Johannes Beck, who was uh, thought before the game, the championship to be the one to to take the first ever uh, clean sweep with with seven medals. In fact, it was thought that maybe even seven gold medals. He finished with only one individual gold. Uh, also today in the mustard, saving his individual uh, medal table. Uh, in the, in the final uh, run. Uh, also, I think his uh, his biggest uh, disappointment was the fact that uh, he was losing mostly to people as as he used to lose when he loses. Uh, so mostly to the French team with with Fourcade, Guillaume Maillet, Jacqueline, and uh, and the tier in on the podium on the podiums of uh, of the. Of the competitions, and also uh, the Norwegian team lost uh, the one only one relay, also to the of course the the men's relay, with the France showing a great uh, great uh, result in that with with many many stars in in their team, and also from the host sides uh, two goals by Dorothea Virer in the pursuit and individual, and a big disappointment uh, with uh, no medal for for no individual medal as she had the silver in the uh, mixed relay so I think we also saw some uh, big surprises with the positive surprise of the Czech Republic taking bronze in the in the mixed relay on the first day and uh, another day um, with uh, Hartatova taking bronze in the very surprising uh, finish of uh, women's sprint uh, as Susan Dunkley took the silver uh, behind uh, Marta Osborne-Zeland and the big disappointment by the Norwegian, not only for Johannes Bö, uh, who didn't have very bad uh, championships, but uh, very bad championships by Tiril Ekhoff, who finishes with no individual medal. And I think that's very uh, strange, assuming uh, her her big domination in the individual races during this year's World Cup in, in the past weeks. Yeah, uh, interesting results. There are just some, some other uh, quick results I wanted to mention. Uh, it was a really good week. Um, for the Slovenian men. Uh, obviously, we had uh, Fock, and I have to be careful saying that name because it obviously sounds like something very else bad uh, in the English language. But we had uh, Jakob Fock of uh, Slovakia coming in fourth in the individual. And then, of course, their uh, relay. Uh, came I think fifth, you are going to get killed by some user on the forum because you just said Slovakia about Fock. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it was a good week for Slovenia. Um, uh, with their men's relay team coming in fourth as well. And we all, it was also a, a good week for uh, Benny Wager and uh, Switzerland. Uh, Wager coming in fifth uh, in the individual 
and then also following it up with a fifth uh, with his partner in the single mixed relay. Uh, his partner in that relay was, of course, uh, Lana Heike. So a uh, good weekend for Switzerland and um, Slovenia as well. And uh, not to be last mentioned and not least important, but actually one of the more standout performances was, of course, from uh, uh, Monica Hojnins, uh from, from your country of Poland. I don't know if you want to talk about that or if I should talk about that one. Well, that was sure uh, the biggest uh, result at the World Championships by uh, by our athlete uh, as uh, as she finished sixth and fourth, so twice in the top six. That was a great result, and uh, as always, that's I think that's the biggest nightmare of not only Polish biathletes but uh, most of Polish sports people who finish uh, with who have very strong tradition all the time. And uh, the finish is, I don't know if that's the psychological thing or just uh, the finish is deciding. And that is the moment where the skill is, is a little bit too low, but uh, the final, the final sprint today with the must start uh, that made uh, Hanna Eberg from Sweden uh, get that bronze instead of uh, who finished uh, fourth. And also uh, the final shootings were always uh, those who, which, uh, which uh, led to, to lose the medal chances for, for our athletes. And uh, today we also saw that in the, uh, in the fencing with, uh, with our uh, female uh, foil uh, team uh, having chance to third place and to get the Olympic quota and uh, uh, losing in the final bout and the final round of the final bout for the third place against French uh, team. And, uh, well, that's that's more or less how the Polish sport looked like in the last uh, months or even years that we lose mostly in the in the final seconds, final shooting, final bout. I, I really don't know how, how, to, how to explain that. And uh, just to finish up here on the uh, IBU World Championships, of course, uh, the IBU events are known for being uh, very well organized, which uh, I thought these were. I, I don't know if, how uh, your opinion on that was. And of course, they're also known uh, for their good crowd participation. So maybe you could you could give your two cents on those things really quick. Well, I think that uh, Antwerp Silva is very known from its uh, from its uh, biathlon event. So if there is something more characteristical for that place, uh, maybe the fact that they use two names like the German language name Antholz and the Italian name uh, Antresolva, which is uh, because of that, that is uh, placed in the, also the, even let's say the German speaking part of Italy, maybe not officially, but, uh, but it's quite common because close to, to Austria and, and of course the other Alpine uh, countries. And I think that, uh, that the culture of, uh, of doping, I mean, uh, of supporting the athletes, uh, in Antarselva is is very well known, uh, and uh, the fact that they had uh, Dorotea Virer as their biggest star with two golds, two individuals, uh, and a few more medals, I think that was something that uh, brought the Italian crowd to 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 give to create the big atmosphere of the of that competition of that championship, and also uh, they were supported by the international fans who came to Antarselva to to that celebration. And uh, again, I keep saying before we finish, but I'm going to do it again. Um, if you've never been uh, to one of these IBU uh, biathlon events, I really recommend it. Uh, I was able, I was lucky enough to get out to the uh, World Cup event in Soldier Hollow last year. And uh, the atmosphere at these events uh, is amazing. Really fun uh, fans, some crazy fans too. 
uh, I almost describe it as like a festival type atmosphere, which I'm sure it was like there. Obviously, uh, we, we weren't there at the championships. So we, we wouldn't know to be exact, but I'm sure uh, based off what I do know that it that it most likely was. Uh, it's, it's a very unique uh, experience to have. So if you ever get the chance, I totally recommend going to one. Uh, just a few insights maybe into what people who watch the streams might not know. Uh, you don't realize how punctual these athletes are. There's a very strict time schedule that these athletes stick to, and it's actually quite amazing uh, to go to these events live and see them do zeroing, head uh, head to the tent, get their skis, get out there and get on the starting line right before the gun uh, shoots off. It's it's quite a program to see. So uh, uh, if you're lucky enough to see it, I, I totally recommend it. It's a great atmosphere, and yeah, it's um, it's great. But moving on, uh, we're going to travel north uh, to Oslo now, where the 2020 Women's World Championship in Bandy uh, was held this weekend. We had eight teams. Uh, nine were scheduled to compete. Uh, of, of course, China having to withdraw because of the uh, current coronavirus situation, which we will address uh, at the end of the show here. Um, uh, but we were uh, we did get a, a debutante in the tournament, and this is also an answer to the question on this week's uh, uh, totally quiz. So you might want to listen closely to this one. We had the debuting team of uh, Japan at the Shiro's World Championships. Uh, unfortunately, not a lot of change. We had some close results um, in the preliminary rounds with Norway and U.S. tying. Uh, Norway winning penalty shoot two to one. That was actually a, a critical victory for them. Uh, in the end, thinking about it, that would have been a, a, an interesting upset, and it would have actually made some drama instead of um, a pretty lackadaisical uh, world championships here. Uh, we saw Sweden beat Finland uh, only with one goal, and we saw Norway beat Finland 2-1. to one. We saw Sweden beat Russia 3-2, to two, and we saw some close games between uh, Japan and Estonia down in the, uh, the B division. Um, you know, we saw Russia beat Finland 3-1, three, three, and... Russia beat Norway 2-0, and Finland beat United States 3-2. So there was a lot of close play um, in the preliminaries, especially between Japan and Estonia in Group 2. Both of their games were only decided, because uh, teams in that division play each other twice in pool play, uh, both of those games were only decided by one point. And Japan won both of those, uh, so they won the right to um, play for uh, elevation or promotion uh, to Group A, and they played the United States in that game. Um, unfortunately, uh, they were quite out of their league as the U.S. beat them five to nothing, uh, with Estonia also beating Switzerland uh, nine to nothing for the seventh place game. Uh, for I guess the bragging rights that you weren't the worst team at the World Champion uh, Champs. Uh, this mirrors the results pretty much from uh, the two years ago at the 2018 World Championships. Uh, the top five were actually exactly the same, with uh, the winner, of course, being uh, Sweden. They've only ever lost one tournament. I should throw that out there. They lost in 2014 uh, to Russia. Uh, Russia did get second uh, at this year's World Championships. They lost to Sweden 3-1 to one, uh, in the final. And uh, Norway was able to get a bronze medal at home, beating Finland 6-1. to one. Uh, So Finland taking fourth and Norway taking third. So we have Sweden first, Russia second, Norway third, Finland fourth, the United States fifth, Japan sixth, Estonia seventh, and Switzerland eighth. And that's almost exactly the same results, of course, with the subtraction of China and the addition of Japan that we saw uh two years ago, so this might need to be in every four years World Championship if you really want to see a difference. Um, Bandy, uh, not really a well-known sport outside of the Nordic countries. We did see it make its uh, debut, I believe, at the uh, Universiad, of course, last year in Krasnoyarsk, Russia. Um, 
not too many teams playing there. I believe we had four teams on the women's side and maybe five on the men's side. So uh, smallish tournaments there. But uh, the crowd didn't quite enjoy it. So maybe we'll see it return to some multi-sport games. Uh, it also was played at the 2011 uh, Asian Winter Games. I'm thinking about it, though. The gold medal match was won 27 to zero at that game. So I think it'll be a while before we <laughs> see its return. Uh, but besides that, that is about all we have uh, to address with Bandy this week. So we can actually move on now uh, to the Bobsleigh World Championships. So we've been posting articles um, for each of the races on our website. So uh, you can read those after after watching today's episode. Of course, you can go there, um, game, uh, games24.toolympics.com to see those articles, of course. Uh, we have some very good reviews. Um, some of it is provided by the uh, IBSF. And then we also add, I also, well, I'm a writer for those. So I've been adding in uh, relevant information to those as well. So you can go ahead and check those out. Uh, I'm pretty proud of how they came out. So uh, the reviews have been quite good on there. But I'll go ahead and talk about the races uh, on here. Uh, anyways, so the first race of the World Championships was, of course, the women's two-man. And the women's two-man uh, was won by Kaylee Humphreys. Uh, it's her third world championship win, uh, but it's her first as an American because, of course, she switched to the U.S. team in the offseason after complaining about um, some harassment culture and toxic culture uh, with Canada bobsleigh. So she ended up leaving, um, giving up her Canadian citizenship and switching to American. So far, it seems to have paid off with her. Of course, it's no- uh, worth noting that the top U.S. athlete, uh, Alana Myers-Taylor, isn't there because she actually gave birth uh, a few days to go to her little boy, Nico. So we wish that family um, uh, all good health and happy. Uh, and her, uh, I believe her husband's a bobsledder as well. So I don't think he's at these championships either. Um, but maybe we see a future bobsledder in 2048 as the uh, National Federation joke. So we'll have to see. Only time will tell uh, with her kid. Of course, um, uh, Myers Taylor having to miss the world championships, which gave uh, Kayla Humphreys a lot less competition. Uh, in second, we had the world junior champion, uh, Kim Kalicki of uh, Germany, and uh, Kira Lepreheide, uh, who was her break woman. They finished uh, 0.37 off uh, off Humphreys, so not too far behind at the track in Altenburg. But it is the only medal that we see on the women's side uh, for the hosts. So maybe actually a rather disappointing uh, world championships, uh, at least on the women's side. Uh, uh, track always ideal. It seems quite warm uh, in Europe this year. Maybe uh, Wojciech can can give me some insight on how warm it's been in Europe uh, this winter. But uh, we saw some rain. Um, besides that, uh, we had Christine De Bruin and Christian Brzezowski, kind of Polish, <laughs> finished <laughs> uh, in third for for Canada, uh, over a second behind. So really, it seemed like it was a race between the Germans and the U.S. for the uh, for the title there. Uh, of course, she only beat out um, Mariama Yamaika and Anna Kadrazic by a by a few hundreds here. Uh, beat them by let's see, uh, it seems like point point one four. So it was a close competition, but of course, De Bruin uh, taking the bronze medal. Uh, the other notable results uh, on that side, uh, on the women's side, were Schneider and Feibeg for Germany's third team coming in fifth, and the European champions uh, Nezda Sergeva and Elena Mamadova coming in sixth. We saw the um, Swiss coming in seventh, the British coming in eighth, the Austrians coming in ninth, and our future Olympic hosts, uh, China, coming in tenth with Jing uh, Qing and Zhani Du. So uh, they're going to be looking for some improved results, I would imagine, as we get closer to the games. Uh, I, I don't know how coronavirus uh, will be affecting their training, but hopefully not too much. Hopefully they're 
they're able to get some time on their track. Uh, hopefully it's um, constructed in time. We did see, of course, uh, 16 teams finish the women's race, uh, which is always a good amount because sometimes we can struggle to see some entries on the women's side, though some more quotas have been added uh, for the games this time around. So maybe we'll see some increased participation like we saw with the Italians. Unfortunately, of course, uh, both of them crashing out along with uh, Romania. Uh, Andrea Grecu having a horrific crash in the first run, so hopefully uh, she's all okay and good. The second race this week uh, was, of course, the two-man bobsleigh. Uh, The two-man bobsleigh uh, was won for the sixth consecutive time uh, by Francesco Friedrich of Germany, and he was, uh, of course, uh, joined by uh, Breakman, excuse me, uh, Thorsten Margis. So um, a great victory for them. Also setting the track record uh, on their first run of the competition, setting it at 54 even. Uh, I did read his interview that he wanted to break the 54 mark and that he thought he could. Maybe he has in training. Uh, he didn't say if he did, but it seemed he, he was alluding to that he had. Uh, but he wasn't able to uh, break the time. But uh, I think he was pretty pleased with his historic results nonetheless. We saw Johannes Lochner and Christopher Weber coming in second for Germany. So 1-2, much better finish. Uh, for the hosts on the men's side, much to the delight of the home crowd. We saw Oscars keeper Manis and uh, Matis Minkus, or Miknis, excuse me, come up uh, from fifth to third today uh, for Latvia. So after Latvia gets, of course, the reallocated medals uh, last week for um, Mel Bardis' team from the 2014 four-man, uh, we see some more joy from them this week, getting the bronze in the two-man at the World Championships. Um, the other German teams coming in fourth and fifth with Walter coming in Fourth, and with Olsner coming in fifth. We saw um, Benjamin Meyer, or Benny Meyer, as he's known on the tour, uh, getting a, his personal best finish at the World Championships with a sixth. And the top ten is rounded out by Switzerland in seventh and eighth, uh, fairly beating Voigt there. Uh, with Heinrich for France coming in ninth, always improving. Should be interesting to see um, how he does at the next Olympics. It's been quite a while since we've had a competitive French sled, so it's good to see them back on the scene. And we had... Um, Tentea coming in 10th for Romania, another competitive sled for Romania. So it's great to see them back on the scene. Uh, besides that, China uh, not performing well here in the men's side. Their prospects for 2022 are not looking very good. They did not qualify uh, for the second run. Their best team coming in 24th, or 21st, excuse me. And uh, the U.S. also struggling as well with their best team coming in 19th. Um, unless there's anything you want to add, Wojciech, I think we can move on. Yes, I think uh, you wanted to know uh, about the weather here in Europe uh, in what's called winter right now. Well, I didn't see a true winter so far, although I don't live in mountains. But I also saw that uh, the biggest uh, the biggest uh, stain of uh, snow, as we can say, was not 40 centimeters depth, but so 40 meters long. So I did, I haven't seen a snowflakes uh, this year uh, yet. So I think that uh, it's very hard to say about winter, at least at, in my region, the Central European, and it's definitely not mountain. Uh, well, for sure, that's uh, where, where I was thinking that uh, maybe instead of white Christmas, we'll have white Easter this year. We'll see that in, in a few weeks' time. And uh, I think that... Uh, the global warming is the fact that might uh, might be the reason that we will, won't see that uh, prepared uh, tracks, uh, the, the, the bobsleigh tracks or the luge tracks, as we also saw the, the drama in Winterberg, 
during this week's uh, Luge uh, World Cup where where some nations uh, decided to boycott uh, because of the because of the bad preparation of the Winterberg track and um, well it might be a big problem future of the winter olympics unless unless we will move them to very uh, very cold regions and uh, i think that the fact that well such an olympics as it was in sochi i think that they won't be able to to be uh, done anymore uh, especially that uh, the ioc is trying to cut the costs of creating the games and of hosting the games and uh, and uh, the cooling the the veins will be uh, one of the things that will increase those costs in, in a few years time i think and you know it's not just central europe that's kind of been in this in this winter drought um uh japan is actually really suffering from a really bad uh, drought this year as well of course they're known in the ski world as japan uh for the good powder skiing that happens there but uh, they have not seen very much snow this year. In fact, a lot of the ski resorts have had already shut down for the season, um, which isn't good, actually, because I was reading uh, Inside the Games, I believe, that um, that they had planned, that Tokyo 2020 had planned to use some sort of a snow gun to try and cool down uh, some of the venues this year. But there's no snow uh, for the snow guns or for a lot of the water supply. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they cope with that if the Olympics are hot this summer. And of course, that's not the only issue facing the Olympics, and we can get into that later in the episode. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how that works. And in, here in California, too, where I live, it's been it's been a really weird winter, actually. So where I live, we don't get a lot of snow, but we actually had two snow days, um, Thanksgiving and Christmas, oddly enough. Um, and uh, it was a really harsh, maybe first four or five weeks of end of fall, beginning of winter. And then since then, it's been beach paradise weather. Um, so really, really, really odd season this year in winter sports hopefully we get much better conditions uh in 2022 and 2021 where we see a lot of obviously the winter olympics and the qualification for the winter olympics so um you know i think people got to do their snow dance or whatever you do uh whatever whatever the whatever gets the snow to come because uh we're gonna need it if winter sports are going to continue obviously climate change as you said is a big deal um and a big issue facing uh winter sports so hopefully we can you know, the world can come together and help save some of these sports that we all love watching, like bobsleigh and bandy and biathlon and cross-country skiing and speed skating and all that. So, um, yeah, it's been rough. And like you said, the, the Luge World Championships obviously being highly affected in Winterberg by it. Uh, we saw a total boycott from the Austrian and American teams refusing to take part because of how bad the track conditions were. The, even the artificial freezing systems um, couldn't keep up with the wear and tear of the luge. And we saw some horrific crashes, I believe. And I, 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 I'm sorry for those who know, uh, but I, I forget who it was, but someone broke their leg and that's just not good. You know, we, we, we FIL needs to uh, take more care and safety of their athletes. You know, for them, obviously missing a week of the World Cup might mean they lose quite a bit of money because of the television rights and whatnot. But, uh, you know, athletes need to come first here. So um, we'll have to keep monitoring that situation as well. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to Summer Bridger. Awesome Instagram post. Totally agree with her sentiment. Uh, so uh, you go, girl. But, uh, you know, uh, we'll have to wait for the last World Cup of the season maybe to get a true measure of how, how people's nerves were shaken by this week's cancellation. Uh, but speaking of cancellations, of course, the IOC, um, you know, does not recognize the AIBA currently, which means they're now in charge of boxing qualification. And I believe you. I uh, wanted to talk about that a little bit. 
Yes, uh, the first event uh, that is uh, under the uh, government of the IOC or IOC's boxing group uh, is the uh, ongoing uh, African uh, Olympic qualification uh, in boxing, and uh, I think that's the uh, that's the moment where we will know some more countries taking probably their first uh, their first Olympic quotas for the Tokyo 2020. Uh, of course, it's it's uh, it just began, so I think we'll come back to that topic uh, in the next week's episode. Uh, but I think the thing worth mentioning is that uh, we will now have some kind of look how does uh, reforms uh, done by the IOC's boxing group uh, on the uh, on the on the AIBA and the fact that they are using some uh, schemes that were used uh, by AIBA because of, because there is very few there is very little time to prepare something from the zero and uh, so we might see how how many controversies are or how how less controversies uh, are be in the IOC under IOC's government instead of the AIBAs. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to get your opinion. I don't, I don't know if you've been able to, uh, or if you've been interested, of course, in, uh, in watching any of the uh, live streams of the events. But of course, the IOC running an Olympic qualifier is not something we see very often. So I don't know if you've been able to, uh, how much you've been able to follow it um, in your free time or, you know, uh, just been watching it. But uh, if you did, I wanted to get your opinion on how you feel like the IOC is running it. Well, in fact, I, I haven't watched that. Although I think it's also not very uh, not very thing that we see we can see the stream uh, from the continental qualifications on the Olympic channel. I think that uh, that's quite an interesting situation. Although I, I, I'm not a big fan of boxing, so I'm I'm not a, a very close, and I uh, I had no opportunity to watch that yet. Uh, so I am unfortunately I'm not able to to answer. But uh, I, that is quite an interesting thing that uh, that the IOC decided to broadcast that on on the Olympic Channel. Yeah, uh, we'll have to we'll have to both of us will have to tune in to. Uh, I, I'll admit that I haven't tuned in either. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to tune in here at the end of the week as we get closer to the finals and the qualification uh, matches that will you know determine that. Um, but it is a novel concept here for the IOC to be running qualifications. So. Um, you know, uh, we'll 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 t- have to tune in and give it a look. Like you said, it's interesting that they aired it on the Olympic Channel, and you know, to have the results website on their on their uh, athlete three sixty five website, and it's a whole new concept uh, for Olympic qualification. So, uh, an interesting ordeal there. And speaking of interesting, uh, we can now talk about my favorite, uh, one of my favorite Olympic sports, probably my favorite combat sport. Although I will, I'll admit, it's a close tie between uh, this and judo, is of course taekwondo. We had the African Taekwondo qualifiers this week uh, as well, and we do know uh, the quotas from that. And I was very excited to watch these because I have uh, I actually will be at some of the Taekwondo finals in Tokyo this summer um, to watch them in person. So I was very invested in these. Um, and once again, uh, we see quite a diverse lineup uh, in the African Taekwondo championship. So I'm just going to run through the quotas really quick because um, we're, we're, we've been going for quite a while here. and I don't want to take uh, too much more time. Uh, so in the men's uh, 80 plus kilograms category, we have the qualification of Cote d'Ivoire, otherwise known as Ivory Coast, though I, I read in the news that they had indicated they want to be called by their French name. So I'll, I'll use that from now on. 
and they are joined by Gabon. Um, and I believe that was Gabon's first athlete, and I believe that was uh, Obame, who is their, uh, of course, was their first uh, Olympic medalist, I believe, uh, in, London, uh, in London 2012 when he snagged a silver. Also a former world champion in the sport in 2013. Uh, I was reading uh, last week uh, as a preview to the championships. So um, the favorites seem to get through there. Of course, it's always fun to see the nations like those two get through because they're not necessarily powerhouses at the African level. So we can already see some of the universality of uh, Taekwondo showing up. Uh, we see two more uh, usual suspects in the women's 67 kilograms, however, uh, with Nigeria and Egypt both getting through. Nigeria not actually really taekwondo uh so maybe a surprising result there but egypt is generally known for their combat sports so uh not too surprising to see them get through and the men's at the 8kg we had an exciting result uh we had tunisia qualify and they're joined by ethiopia which i i read is their fourth or fifth uh sport that they've ever competed in uh in the olympics so very exciting news there uh, Ethiopia, not really known for their combat sports, though I will say they've they've made some inroads in boxing as well. So they've they've shown that they can have some form in some of these more uh, these these punchy, um, these forceful combat sports. So um, maybe we'll have to start eyeing uh, Ethiopia as somebody who might start coming out of the woodwork as a uh, African combat um, competitor. But uh, for now, they can of course settle for their quota outside of athletics or swimming uh, or cycling exciting uh for them and once again they qualified in the men's 58 kilogram uh we also had qualification results for the women's 49 kilograms which saw the host of the tournament uh, morocco qualifying through um as well as uh, egypt also getting through so and again egypt getting their second athlete uh and morocco was able to get through as well so a very good result from those two um morocco uh, is hosting this competition of course they also hosted last year's uh, African games. There's been some mixed feelings about it. Results have been, uh, it's been a bit hard to follow the competition, uh, but we have been able, of course, to figure out who is qualifying. And really, I guess that's all that's important. Um, so, um, you know, it's been semi successful hosting. Um, we also had some more qualifiers. Those qualifiers I just read off were from Saturday, and we had some more qualifiers today. And those qualifiers from today, um, we're in the women's 57 kilograms category. We saw Morocco, uh, the host, get another quota. And we saw uh, Niger uh, pick up uh, a quota, uh, which, of course, another great thing. Because we don't see uh, Niger outside of, uh, outside of you know, the swimming and athletics realm too often. Though I do believe uh, they picked up a Taekwondo medal uh, in 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but we see them qualifying in the uh, women's 57. So congratulations to Niger. Again, another nation that we don't see too often on the qualification list outside of the uh, unusual sports. So uh, very exciting stuff. Uh, Cote d'Ivoire got another quota uh, in the women's plus 67 division. Uh, and they're joined by Kenya, uh, who, while probably more of an African powerhouse, is not really known for their Taekwondo. So um, I did see someone complaining about Kenya uh, and Nigeria getting quotas on the forum, but I would, I would like to to argue that those two actually aren't really known for their Taekwondo. So these are actually good results for them. Uh, in the men's 68, we had uh, Mali get a quota. So again, another uh, another more, I guess you could say, uh, exotic country um, qualifying to the Olympics. And they're joined again by Egypt. Uh, Egypt, their third quota. And in the men's 80 kg, Egypt got their fourth quota. So pretty good Taekwondo uh, championships for them. And uh, the host also got their third quota. Uh, Morocco picking up their third quota in the men's uh, minus 80 kilograms. 
uh, all in all, I'd say it was a, a pretty successful event. Uh, we have a pretty good uh, diversity, uh, diverse group of nations. And I'm really looking forward to the Taekwondo tournament uh, in Tokyo. Now, however, um, the ability to host the Olympics has been called into a little bit of a question this week. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe Wojciech, you can give us a little bit of insight into this. Yeah, have the the next update on the coronavirus uh, case, as uh, we've got uh, another World Championships uh, postponed, or in fact not postponed, but uh, moved from uh, one uh, end of the world to another, as the modern pentathlon, the IPM, the uh, International Union of Modern Pentathlon, uh, decided to move the World Championship to be held in May in uh, Xiamen, China, to Cancun, Mexico. So uh, the Ch World Championship to Mexico after just two years, and uh, the championships in Xiamen uh, will be held in 22, as the 21 championships are already uh, given to uh, Minsk, Belarus. Uh, and uh, that is uh, quite a quick decision, I think, because uh, the modern pentathlon union uh, was to give that decision in the first week of March, uh, and, uh, in fact, they decided to do that uh, just a few days ago. And uh, I haven't seen any comments on uh, on the uh, athletes, but I think they are uh, the decision that, uh, although it seems the, the union didn't wait for, haven't waited for the uh, World Cup starting this week in Cairo uh, to consult the thing with the, with the more athletes, maybe just with the but I think that uh, this situation means that the, that the decision was uh, given a little bit earlier than it was supposed to be. Uh, I think it means that uh, we are starting to panic a little bit with the coronavirus. And I think that uh, we can see that some uh, deciding people are uh, losing their hope that the outbreak will be stopped, uh, as, at least in China. Uh, I think we also have some uh, big problem in Europe as some league games in Italy were held where uh, I think because of the cases of coronavirus disease in Italy, especially in the northern Italy, um, are becoming the first step of the of calling the the fact uh, the the whole situation with coronavirus as pandemia, and uh, some leaders from the uh, football Serie A uh, became uh, started to be uh, suspended. Uh, today's games of uh, women's volleyball league uh, were suspended, and uh, they were cancelled. So we we need to wait. Uh, for for the new for the new dates of that and uh, well I think that might uh, be a really big bigger problem than uh, than we thought well I was uh, I personally was saying something that that the story might look a little bit like the Zika case that was a, a big panic before the Rio 2016 games and now, and in fact it's with uh, with uh, not a big deal but uh, I'm I'm becoming to be really worried about the coronavirus. We have uh, some diseases in. Uh, we have that disease already in Europe, and uh, I'm afraid it might come uh, come a really a big danger for the Tokyo 2020 games. Although I'm not, I don't think that we are on the way to uh, to postpone or to move it yet. I heard some rumors that uh, London already said that it's ready to uh, to host the uh, the games instead of Tokyo if there will be such a need. Uh, 
but I think that's that that's plan B. I think it's plan C, D, or maybe even further somewhere to W, Y, and Z. Uh, but uh, well, I think be aware of of the fact that uh, that although it might be very hard from the logistic point of view, uh, from the Olympic point of view, as you know, host nations quotas are given um, at the beginning of the whole qualification process and in many disciplines they determine the other uh, qualifications and there is a reason for that so that the local public could enjoy the games with their participants and i'm also thinking about people like you matt that are that were that are supposed to go to tokyo uh, either they will be uh, res resigning from their journey to the olympics or they might simply need to change their destination point to maybe london yeah, I saw that uh, the Tokyo uh, organizing committee was quite offended, uh, as I believe is the word they used uh, by, of course, um, it was a London uh, candidate for mayor uh, who said that um, they would be willing to step in if, as hosts needed. Uh, a little um, little insulting, to be quite honest. Uh, I mean, it's nice to see them, of course, say that they're ready and that they can step in at a minute's notice. Um, which is a good thing to, that we're able to have, you know, cities want to be backups, hosts and step in. Um, but, uh, you know, um, not reading the room very well um, when saying that. Uh, like you said, I, I'm also very concerned about coronavirus as I will be throwing myself into that region. Um, so I would prefer that it would, you know, uh, go away. Uh, but uh, of course, only time will tell. Um, Besides that, uh, it's not also just the Olympics that are threatened, of course, by coronavirus. We have uh, this, this summer, of course, we have the uh, ISF Gymnasiat uh, in China. I, I don't remember which city. And we also have the Asian Beach Games in China uh, in, in November. So there's quite a few uh, events that I'm invested in and that other people are invested in. And World Cup events uh, that we haven't even mentioned that are being rescheduled left and right. You know, we saw the F1 Grand Prix rescheduled, I think, two, uh, last week, two weeks ago. We're seeing, we saw admin tournaments move. We saw the world championships for modern pentathlon move. I mean, we're just seeing all this stuff moved and postponed. And now it's not just China. You know, it, Italy's been been told, uh, you know, the Italians have been told they got to shut down all their sporting events. And uh, Iran's moving in a similar direction. And it looks like Korea's going to move in a similar direction. So uh, it's going to be a rough uh, qualification season for sports that are still, um, you know, and uh, still completing that process. And it's going to be a, a, an interesting lead up to the Olympics. It's going to be giving quite a few of the IOC members a headache. I'm, uh, I'm afraid there, but I believe that, uh, like you said, uh, I think that we should, you know, we've learned from the Zika hysteria that we saw before Rio um, that we should just, you know, everyone should just stay calm. Uh, it's one thing to worry about the spread and try to prevent it, but it's another thing to start, you know, for just throwing accusations all over the place and uh, and whatnot and talking about how the game should be canceled and how we shouldn't even be talking about them. And, you know, it's, there's still five months down the line. So I think, like you said, we should exercise some caution. And um, yeah, I think I've said my piece uh, on that. While we're talking, or while I mentioned Olympic qualification, or while we finished it, I just mentioned it again, um, I will be lucky enough to attend the Pan American Climbing Qualification event uh, next weekend. Uh, down in Los Angeles, or in Los Angeles, here in Los Angeles. Um, so uh, we will be providing coverage of that on our website, and hopefully uh, we can get some interviews for the website, maybe some interviews for the podcast. Of course, only time will tell based off um, what I'm able to do when I'm there. Uh, we will have continued coverage of the 
uh, Bob's Lay World Championships on our website. And you can, of course, go on there right now, as I said, and read the Remind everyone that is uh, games24.tolympics.com. Uh, we also have the totally quiz that was put up this week. We said one of the answers, maybe more, um, in this week's uh, podcast. And so if you haven't taken this week's, go ahead and take it. Uh, they come out on Friday or Saturday, just depending on um, how quickly I'm able to think of the questions. Once I uh, finish university, I go to university from Monday to Thursday. So once I finish the week, I uh, write up that quiz for everyone. So just depending on how quick I can generate the questions, uh, it comes out on Friday or Saturday. Of course, we had another um, totally rewind from our great reporter um, uh, who goes by the alias of uh, Olympic Statman or Dragon. So uh, if you want to get on there and uh, read his history report, I believe uh, on the miracle of, on, about the Miracle on Ice and about some other Olympic ice hockey games, uh, you can do so. And maybe, Wojciech, you have uh, some more updates about the prediction contest for us. Yes, uh, because of uh, because uh, we finished the uh, the biathlon uh, prediction contest, but we are still on uh, with the skeleton and of course both league and skeleton, which is joined uh, by luge, which are already the luge part already finished, but. Uh, we are now in the uh, in the Bob's League and Skeleton part of that prediction contest. And uh, please be aware that uh, the prediction contest for the Track Cycling World Championships are, is already opened. So uh, please hurry up with your predictions uh, for our third uh, prediction contest that month. We are also waiting for your uh, opinions, for your votes in the uh, poll for the March uh, Total Olympics prediction contest. And, uh, of course, uh, I think that's all with the prediction contest. Uh, I think we are also preparing something special uh, for the for the totally quiz. Uh, maybe I will just keep it in secrets for now, but I think that's going to be an interesting thing. <laughs> it's quite the secret, because I, I, I didn't know that either, so it is quite the secret. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh... Uh, I, I also since uh, since we neither of us brought it up, of course, uh, we should throw a reminder out that uh, Toy Olympics International Song Contest, the annual uh, edition, um, Croatia will be hosting this year's, um, uh, is is open for entries. And uh, after some of the drama we've had there, it would be nice to get some more uh, entries into there and to show our support for our Croatian user, uh, or for at least one of them, uh, DCRO. So. Um, you know, if you haven't registered, make sure you register for that. One of the marquee uh, events of the form. Always a fun time, of course. Uh, and I'll be uh, hoping that the U.S. song wins. So, you know, throw your 12 points my way. Probably shouldn't say that, but I did. Sorry, not sorry. Um, uh, and besides that, uh, Wojciech, if you're if you're content, I think we might be done for the week. Yes, I think that's we are done for this week. And uh, next week, we are going to some... Big events, especially a big weekend for you with your uh, sports climbing uh, participation in as as a journalist, and I think we're gonna have a lot of fun with the with uh, some other uh, Tokyo Twenty nations, which we will sum up next week in the next episode. All righty. Well, since we've come uh, to the end here, I will uh, let Wojciech uh, Wojciech uh, sign off, and then I will follow up with my goodbye, and we'll have to. Yeah. We'll have to say au revoir till uh, next week. Yes, goodbye, everybody. Yep, goodbye. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for your continued support. Check out our website. Check out our social media. Keep listening on here. Well, thank you, everyone, for your support. And good night. Goodbye. <laughs>